Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the live episode for the 20th and 21st of April for 2021. I'm Craig Westlows here with a yank on the footy, and I'm coming to you live from Sandusky, Ohio, and uh, kind of a goofy day here. Uh, last week, we had temperatures in the uh, well, Fahrenheit. We had them in the 70s, so that would be about 20, 22 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, next week, it's supposed to be about 25 degrees Fahrenheit. And tonight, we're supposed to get about six inches of snow. So uh, Mother Nature, uh, I, I think it's safe to say uh, her COVID vaccine is not working very well for her. So she's uh, she doesn't know what the hell she's got going on here. So glad you could join me uh, for this episode. Uh, got a lot of things to get into. Uh, before I uh, get too far into the episode, I want to go ahead and invite everybody to uh, hop over and check out my website, yankonthefooty.com. It's uh, I think a great new resource. Uh, I've had a few people that have stopped by there. It's uh, working on some ways to try to incentivize that, but uh, at the moment it's a little... I'm not sure if that's going to work out. Uh, what I'm hoping to do, I've reached out to a couple people with some ideas, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, while you're there, remember, you can also leave a voicemail uh, that we can bring onto the show if you want to do that. Uh, you can leave a, a review for the podcast. You can you can reach out to me and send me a note on there as well. You can get on the mailing list. And one of the other things, or actually a couple of the other things you can do, you can uh, if you want to help out the podcast, you can hop on the uh, – buy me a coffee page and help out the podcast or any kind of anything that comes in on that is going to go right back into the podcast. I've had a handful of people who've helped out and I'm extraordinarily appreciative of them. They've actually helped to offset the cost of getting that, that uh, website up and running. And if you also want to check out the uh, store page on Redbubble, there's also a link up at the top of the page for that as well. Now, before I get too, uh, too much farther, this is something I started a couple of episodes ago and I, uh, I kind of like this and I've, I've been digging into Instagram a little bit and I'm trying to learn a little bit more about local footy in Australia. So I thought, what's the best way to do that? And I said, well, let's you know, start reaching out and try to, you know, follow as many of the different uh, clubs as I can find on Instagram. So I've started doing that. And what I've, what I've decided to do is each episode, I'm going to go ahead and highlight a, uh, a local footy club. Somewhere in Australia, I've done one in uh, one in Victoria, one in Tasmania, and this week's club of the episode is the Morfittville Park Ruse Women's Football Club from the Adelaide area. Uh, they've got, uh, as it says on their their page, they've got uh, many opportunities for women who want to play football with teams in open divisions and teams in the under 16s and under 18s. And what they're doing right now, they're I'll put a link to their page up, uh, their Instagram page, uh, which is actually uh, Instagram.com slash MPWFC. Uh, they're doing a fundraiser with the organization called Breakthrough, uh, which is raising money for mental health awareness as well uh, on their site. So if you happen to be in the Adelaide area, or if you're somewhere in Australia, or if you just want to help them out, uh, there's a link for that on their their page. So you can certainly go ahead and do that. So best of luck to the Ruse this year from Morfitt, Morfittville Park. And I hope you have a fantastic season. They play in the Adelaide Footy League Division 4, and they've been around since 1958. So that's our club of the week, or club of the episode, I should say, because I'll have one more episode coming out a little bit later on this week. 
And uh, I will have another club for that one as well. That's an interview that I conducted a little while ago. So a couple things I wanted to uh, jump into in the news this weekend. How are you doing there, Harper? I see you've hopped on there, sir. Uh, hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to uh, to look at a couple of stories. And, and one of them is, uh, well, actually, they're both AFLW related this week. And uh, first off, you know, congratulations to the uh, Brisbane Lions AFLW club for winning their uh, first premiership. That was, well, it was not exactly the, you know, the barn burner of a high scoring game. You know, you, you had in that contest, you know, with 16 minute quarters, you had 128 tackles in, uh, what was that, 40, 64 minutes, 56 minutes worth of time. So you had, basically two and a half tackles a minute, a lot of action going on in that game. Uh, what I was surprised by looking at, looking through the stats, Brisbane did not take a single mark inside the 50, the entire game. And they won. I mean, that's just is, that's mind boggling. Looking back at some of the, uh, the goals, like the, you know, the, the goal that uh, young Ms. Hodder who won the goal of the, the year award was just, that's one of the most impressive goals I've seen kicked. It, at any level in in any game, whether it's women or men's, it was just a very impressive goal she kicked, and that was the one that was in the the grand final. And then she went ahead and won. And I'll have to go back and look because I didn't see the. Uh, I mean, I I probably watched it in a game, but I don't remember which one it was. She actually won the goal of the year award for the AFLW, and Brianna Davy and Kira Bowers uh, split the best and fairest in the AFLW award. And, you know, I, I have to give uh, Peps from the uh, Lace Up podcast a shout-out here. Uh, one he had, I thought, was a great idea. And he said, you know, that as the AFL gets more and more established and it goes along a little bit further, you know, what are they going to call the uh, the awards for the best players in the comp? You know, because right now it was just the best and fairest award at the league level. And and he and he said, you know, it's it's got to be called the Aaron Phillips Award, and that kind of makes sense. You know, I think the Aaron Phillips Award would probably be comparable to the to the Brownlow. Okay, uh, so I I have a feeling that sort of thing is going to happen. So, Peps, you had a great idea there, so I I commend you for that, sir. Uh, I listened to your uh, episode for this week while I had my dogs out for a walk today, which uh, well. Not really much of a walk because I don't. They don't. I don't think they took more than about three steps in a straight line. It was. Uh, it was a rather interesting uh, journey that we had today, where they kept going off in all sorts of different tangents and not getting anywhere where they needed to be. So the first story, and I'll link to this in the show notes when I publish the episode as well, was uh, the coach of the Brisbane Lions women's club, Craig Starcevich. Uh, you know, who I traded a couple, just a quick, couple quick tweets with there. And I, I've invited him onto the podcast. We'll see if that happens. I don't know. I'm not sure how busy he is. Uh, but, uh, he was responding to Jeff Kennett, the president of Hawthorne's, uh, ultimatum or demand or whatever you want to call it, pounding his fist on this, on the table saying that it, uh, and, and I, I just thought this choice of words was rather interesting. Uh, knowing what I have, what I know about that goes on in different parts of the world and, and realizing that there is still slavery in the world today, whether it be in Libya 
or in the western part of China. Uh, he said that it would be discrimination of the worst kind if there was no Hawthorne Club for 2022. You know, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Mr. Canada a politician at one time? Because that sure was a rather bombastic political statement there, which uh, I don't think was necessarily, you know, accurate there. We're, you know, we're talking about a game here. Yes, it's a game that I love. I love talking about, I'm I'm up at nine o'clock at night doing this right now. So I, I just, I just wonder whether or not maybe he should dial that back a little bit, or is he advocating quite a bit for his supporters? I mean, are his supporters uh, just really interested in having, uh, having a, yeah, I know they want to have a club there, but I just thought that that was a rather strange way of describing it. Okay. But uh, coach Starcevich basically told him, and I'm not, I'm not quoting him here, but he basically said, chill out. Because the last time they had a big round of uh, of expansion in the AFLW, the Lions lost 16 players to new clubs. They let they lost they basically lost half their list that went to new clubs. And if you think about that, that's just been within the last couple of years. Of course, you know the cop has only been around for five years, and they've been able to retool that club and win a premiership in that shorter period of time. So, be hats off to to. Coach Starcevich for that because that that was absolutely commendable. You know, and, and Adelaide had a fantastic year as well. You know, I tipped Adelaide in that game. I thought they were going to win by about two goals. My I think about two goals, I said, but Brisbane just came out and and did what they needed to do. And they capitalized on on opportunities that otherwise, you know, they might not have won as a result of that. They won by three goals. So I mean it's it's a very impressive win on their part. So, you know, I, I was really just wondering about this, this whole idea of, uh, of expansion. This is something that I've talked about on episodes before and, and other people have, have discussed it as well. That maybe expansion should kind of just take a bit of a breather for a couple of years. Yeah, I know Hawthorne wants a club. I know that, uh, I know that Sydney wants one. I know that, uh, Essendon wants one and Port Adelaide wants a club. And and yes, hopefully they have them. Hopefully every one of the 18 clubs that are in the, AF, in the AFL also have companion AFLW clubs here very soon. I'm not sure if we're going to you know, factor Tasmania into this one yet or not, but uh, but we'll see here. But I think we need to pump the brakes on this a little bit. And, I, and I've said this in other episodes that we need to allow the talent pool to replenish. Okay. We need to allow the talent pool to replenish. We can't, uh, I don't think they can add, you know, maybe they could get away with adding two clubs, but I certainly don't think they could add four at this point in time, because, you know, you've got, you've got more women playing the game at younger ages and are coming up through the ranks. Now, instead of, players who had played it when they were younger and went off and played in other activities and then came back to the game once this league came about and had to kind of relearn the game so the skill level had to develop. Well, now they're playing the game at the younger levels. They're playing the game at the youth level like the uh, like the, uh, the Morfittville Park Club that I mentioned earlier in the, in the episode. 
these young ladies are going to be ready and able to step into roles with these clubs going forward. Who knows? Maybe some of these girls that are on the 16 and under club with this Morfittville Park Club will end up playing for Port Adelaide here pretty soon. Once they get to that age, once they get to say age 20 or 21, and they're you know, and and the league has had a chance to stabilize and grow a talent pool. You know, it's this is a terrible analogy. And 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 I this is not an analogy in which I mean any kind of disrespect for at all. But as I was just kind of popping this through my head here, and it's uh and this is gonna be this some people are gonna just gonna go. Oh my God, I can't believe you brought this up. I, I, I know I'm not alone here, but have you ever found yourself in a, uh, a situation where you've, uh, you've had to, you know, well, you did a real, really, really good job in the bathroom. And, uh, well, it was going to take more than one flush if you get my drift. Okay. <laughs> I told you, this is a bizarre analogy here. Okay. Um, and, and again, I apologize. I'm not trying to offend anybody here. This is this is this is, allergy is to me is the best one I can think of. So you you have to, you have to flush more than once because I I don't know maybe it, whatever you happen to have I don't know. You have to wait till the water goes back into the tank before you can flush it again. Because if you if you flush initially and not everything goes away, you can't turn around and flush it immediately. Because you don't have any water in reserve to help push, well, you know what I'm saying, out of the way. Yeah, I know that's a terrible analogy. I feel like crap for even bringing it up, for bringing it up. But to me, it it, it kind of makes sense. At least to me, it does. And I don't know if you if you're listening to this and you you know you leave me a a, a note uh, in an email or whatever, you know, maybe you'll go. Yeah, that was a pretty good analogy, but it, it, like I said, it was not intended to be disrespectful at all. So I, you know, I, uh, I want to apologize if that offends anybody, but to me that we need to wait until the talent pool fills back up. See, that's what I was going for. The talent pool has to fill back up before we introduce them into the system. And I'm using hand gestures here that you can't see. I'm like, here's the tank and the water's going where it's going and we're pushing players out of the system. And Jeff Kennett's got a club and he's got players that know how to play the game and are, are ready to go. And Port Adelaide's got players and Essendon's got players and Brisbane didn't lose 16 players again during expansion. And it's just, I think we need to be patient. So, you know, I, I completely agree with uh, Coach Starcevich when he's saying, you know what? relax. Yeah, you didn't get your club yet, but it's going to happen. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't even believe they put in the uh, filed whatever proper paperwork it was to get the club initially as well. I seem to remember somebody saying that, that they had not even applied to have a club right away. So uh, now that I have uh, gone ahead and uh, told you all I know about plumbing. Uh, <laughs> enjoying myself a little uh, cup of, I think it's raspberry and goji berry tea here. That uh, It's actually pretty tasty. I got it uh, on clearance. It, the tea had supposedly expired. Well, the sell date, sell by date had, had passed by and I'm, I'm really cheap. So I'll buy, if things say that they've expired, uh, 
know, they're going to expire in a week and, it, and they mark it down to half price. I'll buy it because because I'm pretty cheap. I bought uh, last week, I bought six six boxes of protein bars that are normally six dollars a piece and picked them up for a dollar and a half a box. Now, the expiration date was three days ago, but they're fine. They've got enough preservatives in there. They'll last for a while. So that was the first story I wanted to get into was, uh, was, was, and I don't know if, if Jeff Kennett was actually having a temper tantrum about this, but I, I just thought that the, the, the terminology he used, you know, I, I, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and say it. My toilet analogy was better than his uh, discrimination of the worst kind analogy. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Now that may anger some Hawthorne supporters that are listening, but I'll tell you what, I think my analogy was better than Jeff Kennett's. And I'll just go ahead and put that out there. So the second story I wanted to get into was, uh, you know, it was something that maybe was kind of expected, you know, and every year you have players that, that, that retire and step away from the game. And, and there were a couple of players and I cannot remember them, their names off the top of my head from Brisbane who, who stepped away from the game. But, you know, one of the people who I had seen for a couple of years on bounce, uh, and, uh, you know, as they started playing in the AFLW was, uh, well, it was Sharni late and it's now Sharni Norder. She's married now. Well, she has stepped away from her position with the uh, Magpies. She's retired. I believe she, she's 33 right now, which, you know, she, you know, she might've been able to play for another year or two had she chosen to do so, but she's stepping away from the game because, uh, you know, she's been playing at the, at the highest level of, uh, of sports for the last, basically the last 15 years, you know, whether it have been, uh, you know, netball at the international level, uh, where she was a professional netballer to her three or four years in the AFLW. And, and she improved, you know, every year that I was watching AFL games over the last few years, she got better and better and better. Now, was she going to turn into, you know, the AFLW's version of Max Gone or Nick Nat? No, but she was, she, she turned into a, you know, a very serviceable ruck. And again, being six, two in the women's competition is, is certainly an advantage. Okay. But she, she made some comments where she, you know, she said that it was extremely difficult and she was struggling with the demands of, of being able to, you know, compete at a high level athletically and then also having a full-time job. And I think this is one of the, the rubs that the AFLW is going to have for a while is that, you know, the, the players, yeah, they're getting paid to play in the AFLW, but this is not their sole job. This is not their profession. Yes, they're professional athletes, but they're not only professional athletes. They have to be professional at something else, whether they're a student or, you know, you're somebody like Jess Foley, who's a physician who had played college basketball here in the United States, you know, where or you're, you know, you're somebody like uh, Evie Gooch who plays for Fremantle, who is, you know, who's a firefighter. And I remember I did a story on her a couple of months ago when she had, you know, she was out fighting fires, I think back in February. And she was out doing the exact same thing again here recently when they had uh, more uh, wildfires that had broken out around the, the Perth area. So, you know, so these young ladies are having to train you know and again it's not for as long a season as the men's comp okay and you know the, in the article that i read and i'll link to it uh you know you know sharni norder referenced it that the women don't have a full training camp you know that they don't have as many as many months 
of training or as many, yeah, I guess months of training to get geared up for the season as the men do. And right there, that might have something to do possibly with uh, the, the, the severity of injuries, maybe the number of ACL injuries, that sort of thing. I did see an article and I want to cover this in an, in an upcoming episode uh, that just talked about how men's bodies and women's bodies are built just a little bit differently. So there's actually more of a propensity for women to have ACL injuries than, than men would have just because of kind of like, like hip placement, that sort of thing. Uh, again, I'm, 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 I'm certainly not a plumber and I can guarantee you I'm not a doctor. So I'm not, I'm not going to go any further than that, but I did see an article on that and I did bookmark it, but I, I wonder what the AFLW or what the AFL headquarters is going to do about this because are they going to lose athletes who can't play the game because they have to pay their bills because they're in college because they're studying or whatever the case may be. So they need to, you know, they need to go ahead and uh, decide what they, what they want to do. You know, so this is a, this is a tough situation and this is one of those, those growing pains, if you will, that the AFLW is having is figuring out how do we comp, you know, one, the AFLW is not bringing in a huge amount of money yet. Okay. They're bringing in some, you got money coming in from advertising, you know, they actually, I believe they actually sold tickets to games this year. I think there were almost 30,000 people at the Adelaide Oval for the, the grand final. And here's hoping if the game continues to progress and the players get better and they get more comfortable and they do it, you know, and, and the game just becomes that much better, then people are going to come. Even the most stubborn stick in the mud, I'm not going to watch women play 40 people. They're going to go, you know what? They're pretty good. And maybe they have to create a whole new series of those commercials that they had back in the uh, 80s or 90s where they made, you know, there was some sort of a comment and then somebody would come on and say, you know, somebody who was not a footy fan would say, I'd like to see that or I have to see that or something of that nature. So as the game improves, they're going to draw more people. They're going to, you know, the, the game's going to bring in more money, and become more self-sufficient. But then at that point in time, the athletes are also going to have to get paid a little bit more. So does this come at the expense of money coming? You know, I, I know that the AFL has kind of floated the AFLW for a while in terms of helping to support it financially. But at some point in time, you know, if they start to increase the number of rounds that the women's competition is playing, they're going to have to make a decision on, on how, how they're going to get these, these, these athletes paid. Because some people they're going to... You know, they're going to want to uh, to be able to earn as much money as they possibly can. And maybe if they have a profession, maybe they're an engineer. Maybe they've become a physician or a nurse or something of that nature. And, you know, the, the, the small remittance that they're making in the AFLW, that maybe they could make that much money and more in their job if they were able to work more hours. So this is, this is a real difficult, uh, I don't want to say it's a crossroads quite yet, but it's a situation that that the competition is certainly going to have to think about going forward here. So, you know, I, I, I think it's maybe a good thing because, you know, I, I, I do have fun watching her, watching Sharni Norder on bounce. I mean, bounce is still one of my, my favorite shows. I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, I don't necessarily learn a whole heck of a lot from it, but it's a lot of fun. You know, I, uh, you get a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the, 
the cast members, the people there just kind of, you know, jab at each other and that sort of thing. So it's fun that way. Okay. Now, you know, I wanted to get into, uh, you know, a couple games from this, this past week. Now, you know, I've got a couple of you that are, that are on here. If you want to hop on, go ahead and, you know, uh, drop your email in there and I'll get you hooked up and we'll get you on the air here. I've got a couple of other things I wanted to get into and get into my, uh, tips for this week. So if you want to hop on, by all means, go ahead and do that. Cause I have some, uh, I have some, some pretty controversial tips this week. Some ones that are going to make, maybe get some people shaking their head a little bit. So we shall see what happens here. So I don't know if you've got a couple of you that are in the room right now, if you want to hop on, go ahead and, uh, Drop your email in the message board there, and I'll copy it in there and get you hooked up, and we'll go from there. Oh, that's some good tea. Dropped a little bit of honey in there as well. So, you know, I wanted to look at you know a couple of the games from this week as well, or this past weekend, and just you know, I, I had never actually visited an abattoir before. But I think I saw what one looked like in the Bulldogs and Suns game. Yeah, I, I don't know how many of you watched that game, but 70 to 9 at halftime. I, I've never seen anything like that before. Well, okay, the Cleveland Browns occasionally a few years ago when they were really, really bad, they wouldn't have games that were that that widespread, but they'd have some pretty lousy games. You know, I, I do have to wonder though, and 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 I, I honestly I think that uh, the Bulldogs they have one of the top two midfields in the comp. I think, I I, I think I can safely say that. And the other one to me would have to be uh, would have to be Melbourne. I think Melbourne's got the other really good midfield. You know, uh, I would like to say that Geelong has one, but you know, it's. Uh, I'm beginning to think that, you know, that the cats right now, and, and I'm going to get to them here in a minute. The cats seem to, to be an awful lot like the, uh, the toys that the scary next door neighbor had in toy story, where they just get kind of pieces and parts of different toys stuck together and such. And, and they sort of function, but they were a little dysfunctional. You know, I think they, I think the cats are just kind of, kind of treading water right now, but I'll get, I'll get to them in a minute here, but you know, I, I have to wonder, you know, we, we know that there are cameras in the locker rooms, in the changing rooms, if you will. Well, hopefully in the locker rooms, not the changing rooms. In, uh, in the different uh, stadiums. You know, we, we saw uh, Jeremy Howe. We saw Jordan Ngoi get their phones out. And it cost, it cost the Magpies, I think, $20,000 in fines uh, for that having happened. Um, but for those of you who have watched making their mark the series on Amazon Prime. Can you imagine what Stuart Dew's halftime talk was like this past weekend? You know, I I I think Amazon might have might have got might have picked that up and they sent in the you know if they if they actually had recorded this one for that show. They recorded this week's episode and Amazon the Amazon executives look at it and go I don't know if we can put that out there. That's way too frightening. I can only imagine what he had to say during that halftime because the Suns came out and they battled back a little bit in the second half. I mean, yeah, yes, they lost by, you know, a pretty significant sum, but they, they put close to 50 points on the board in the second half. So, I mean, it was not, 
it was not all for naught. Uh, you know, the the Bulldogs were able to kind of, you know, rest some people here and there if they needed to do that. But it was just, it was a, uh, it was something that I had not seen before. So, you know, the Bulldogs were extraordinarily impressive. Okay. And, and I, uh, and you know, Richmond, you know, the Tigers are, are most definitely, I don't want to say they're back because that, in, that implies that they, uh, that they uh, are, uh, that they had gone somewhere. Okay. They had lost a couple of games, but yeah, Richmond came out and they just, they, they throttled St. Kilda. And, uh, you know, I don't, the saints have, have begun to look a little bit like a roller coaster and, you know, we've got roller coasters all over my community here. You know, they're, they're winning one, they're losing one. They're winning two and losing, losing one. And yeah, it's just, they're all over the map and, you know, we'll see what happens with them going forward here. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's I don't know what what's going to happen with them. I tip them to be in the in the top eight this year. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, they're you know they're only two, they're they're only one game below five hundred. They're two and three, but they're all the way down in thirteenth, and and their their percentage is down at seventy one. So it's going to take some effort. For, and they're and they've got Port Adelaide this week. So I think it's a safe bet, and I'll give you a hint. I think they're going to be two and four after this week because I've got Port Adelaide beating them. By 15 points. There's my first tip of the week. So, you know, I think that it's just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I keep hearing people say that, you know, Brad Hill needs to be pulled out of the lineup. And, you know, I, and I look at the stats and he hasn't done a whole heck of a lot, but it's, you know, and folks are arguing, well, you know, he's getting paid a lot of money, so he should be out there playing. I understand that. And, you know, and I get that from the standpoint of uh, of sports where, you know, you've invested the money in this player. You're paying them a lot of money. You need to be pl- paying the player who is who's getting paid the most out there. You know, if the player is hurting your club, you got a lot of other options you could choose from and bring him into the uh, into the club. So, you know, I don't know if he'll, uh, you know, if he'll get dropped or not. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about that. You know, and like I said before, I said, you know, that I think Melbourne or that uh, the Bulldogs have the best midfield. I do think Melbourne has the second one. So the second best. And it's just they are amazing to watch as well. And and I'm uh, I'm impressed with what they've done this year. I mean, they knocked off my cats a couple of weeks ago. They have been a surprise. I did not have them in the top eight this year. And, and who knows? Maybe they lay an egg the rest of the way here. But, you know, it's been. It's been fun watching them play. It's been fun seeing Max Gone begin to uh, to reinforce why he's one of the top rucks in the game because he is, and he has you know he's just been all all, all over the grounds. And you know I haven't I know there's like the specialized stats that you could purchase, and I I don't have the resources to do that, but I I would love to see, and I think this is part of the specialized stuff that people have to buy like the players' heat maps and the distances that they cover. Because I have a feeling that Max Gone covers a lot more ground than many rucks, okay? You know, I think Riley O'Brien in Adelaide covers a lot of ground. I think uh, Brody Grundy tends to cover quite a bit of ground, although you don't see him. I think he kicked a couple goals this past week or the week before for the first time in a while. But, you know, a lot of rucks tend to, you know, they're stuck. They're kind of stuck in the midfield. But Max Gone seems to be everywhere. And he's not the he's not the only player in Melbourne that seems to be everywhere. Kazi Pickett, 
I, I'll tell you what, I think he he is everywhere on the ground. I think I actually watched one instance during the course of the game where he actually ran past himself during the course of the game. He's moving around that much. He's he's that fast. I mean, God, is he going to be fun to watch for the next decade? It just it's just it is great to see some you know because we're going to see a a changing of the guard and actually that was one of the things that that uh, Brian Brian uh, Taylor said during uh, the Melbourne Cats game the other day where uh, and and it just it kind of rubbed me the wrong way mainly because Geelong lost and he had said that the uh, he had said that the because uh, Kazi Pickett, I believe, had tackled Joel Selwood, and he, and he made a comment where you know, hey Joel, I'm I, I'm I'm just arriving now, and you're on your way out. And I thought, gosh, that was just. And I get it. That's it's part of the commentary, yeah. And you're you're having to to say things in footy so quickly because it's a uh, it's a it's such a fast paced game. There's not a whole lot of Downtime, of course, there are when you you've got uh, you've got a ball up on the grounds there. You've got a few minutes here and there, but it's just uh, it's just it's amazing to. I was kind of stunned by hearing that because you know you know, you got Joel Selwood who's you know who's a legend of the game, and I and I maybe I'm coming to his defense a little too much because he's a Cats player, but I thought it was just a tad bit disrespectful, but. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm reading more into it than I should, and maybe I should listen to Brian Brian Taylor a little bit more often than I'll than I'll realize that. Yeah, that's pretty normal for him. But yeah, Mel Melbourne was fantastic again this week. You know, uh, Ed Langdon and uh, Jake Melsham both you know knocked down three goals apiece, and it just is. Uh, you know, they're just they're just a machine right now. They and the Bulldogs. I mean, I I am so, I'm so impressed with them, and I yeah you know, I think the Bulldogs are. You think Adam Turlor feels like he needs to be? Uh, he misses being in Melbourne because I don't. I think he's exactly where he wants to be right now. I think he's ecstatic about where he is. Okay, so you know, are are we writing off Carlton yet? I mean, I know they're two and three. They've got a pretty decent percentage. They're, you know, their their percentage is less than four points behind the Cats. Um, but you know, I I, I wonder about them. I mean, they've got four of their next seven games are against teams that are in the top eight right now. Plus they also play Brisbane. In fact, they have Brisbane this week and Brisbane is finally starting to turn things around a little bit here. So, you know, I, I wonder if Carlton is, uh, is going to, is going to make a push for finals or are they going to just stay kind of mired in that 10 to 12 or 13 range and never, you know, never get themselves, or maybe I'll say, let's say nine to thirteen range, where they're not going to get themselves into finals. I mean, they've got a lot of talent, but you know, and again, they ran into a you know they ran into a really good Port Adelaide club this past week. So I mean, it's uh, you know, yeah, you know, Mitch Georgiades and, and Robbie Gray both kicked uh, three goals apiece. Uh, Charlie Dixon kicked a couple goals, and he's you know he's kind of had a, str- a struggle finding the uh, finding the, uh, the the scoreboard and finding the goals a little bit, but. Uh, you know, he starts putting it together. I think you know, Port Adelaide could be one of those clubs that's right up there with uh, with the, the Bulldogs in, in Richmond pushing for finals. You know, and I'm I'm hoping my cats get there, but I don't know right now. I don't know. So you know, we shall see what uh, we shall see what transpires there. 
you know, I, I, I watched some highlights of the Brisbane and Essendon game and it just looked like it was a quagmire, just rain all over the place. And, uh, do you think Joe Danaher was pretty happy? I mean, he took eight marks, he scored two goals, one, and, uh, what was amazing is that, you know, that Brisbane almost doubled Essendon's mark total for the game. Yeah, and it's just you know they're just just shows that they're putting you know they're putting the ball in the air and they're going up and getting it. You know, so and you know it's uh, it's tough. Yeah, you know, when you're Essendon, you've only got you only had 15 scoring scoring opportunities for the entire game. Only 15. Did you put the ball between the between one of the pairs of sticks? That was it for the whole game, and they just. Uh, you know, Brisbane went ahead and just and just took it to them. And Brisbane, I think, is going to get themselves turned around here. You know, they've got uh, they've got some new pieces. You know that that are with them. You know, Danaher is healthy. Uh, can I say it yet? I miss Lincoln McCarthy playing in Geelong. You know, I know he had some injury issues and he couldn't stay healthy. I'm thrilled to see him playing well, but doggone it, I'd love to see him back in the hoops. Uh, well. I have to be honest, there's, there's another Brisbane player I'd like to see back in the hoops before him, but uh, who knows if he'd actually get on the ground. I know that he played in the VFL game, uh, or whatever, the I think it's the VFL game, because they renamed it this year. Uh, so we shall see what goes on with that. You know, Fremantle kind of uh, restored my faith in uh, having tipped them to be in the eight spot this year. You know, they came in and beat them, beat a pretty good Adelaide club, a club that has won some big games this year. Now, you know, part of that could be, and I honestly think that this could be the case. I think part of that could be the fact that uh, <clears throat> the Crows' big goal scorer, Tex Walker, you know, if you if you watch the game, did something to his foot or to his no to his shin, I believe it was his lower leg. And was getting it wrapped up during the course of the game, and and after that happened, he, he his movement was a lot less active. You know, I didn't see him going for the ball as much as I as we had earlier in the game or in previous weeks. You know, he's still got a significant lead in the Coleman Medal, but uh, you know, I don't know if if that's going to impact him going forward this week. I've not seen anything uh, regarding any long-term effects of injuries for him. I, I haven't looked, I haven't actually looked at Adelaide's injury list yet to see uh, what's going on with that yet. But uh, if he's going to be out for any kind of significant amount of time, you know, uh, in fact, I'm looking at his, uh, the injury list right now and they do not have him listed on there at all. Okay. You know, Rory Sloan should be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, you know, if Tex Walker's playing, then I think that you know that they're they're going to be just fine. But if he if he misses a game, then the Crows have to kind of reevaluate what they're doing in the forward fifty in terms of who's going to be their targets. Okay, you know they've got some you know some some good young small forwards there, but you know that who do they plug in as their key forward in that in that position? And you know that that leads you know that's going to lead me to the, the tip I have for them this week. And uh, I think you know I'm making this tip which I'll get to in a moment here based upon what, uh, what I think is going on with, with Tex Walker here. So, um, you know, we saw a fantastic matchup of rucks between West coast and Collingwood this week. And, uh, 
you know, it was, it was just, uh, it was just, it was a great matchup between the two of them. You know, the, the Magpies lost a couple of, you know, they lost Jeremy Howe for what looks like to be a significant amount of time. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jordan Degoe with a concussion. And it was kind of, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of interesting. And again, you know, I, I was wondering, yes, I know they were playing in Optus Stadium and I know Optus is one of the, the cell phone companies. Uh, I wonder if they sponsor um, the, the locker room there for the Magpies at Optus Stadium, or was it Telstra doing that? Because, and, and, and this is something, you, you know, I, that I guess I have to ask about as well. You know, and I've been watching the game for about five years. Have the, uh, have the cameras in the locker rooms, have, has that been a thing for a long period of time? I mean, like the live cameras. I mean, you know, there are cameras that go into the locker rooms that, you know, that I see in, in sports here in uh, in the U.S. that will go in to interview players after the games and that type of thing. But but like a live look-in, I, I, I can't think of a game here in the States where that sort of thing happens. I mean, I find it very interesting. I do wish that the AFL would invest in sturdier chairs because those little those little flimsy plastic white chairs just do not look like they're going to, that they're going to, you know, last for a long period of time. Yeah, I know they're easy to stack, but they can invest in some, some nicer chairs for the players to sit in, I would think. But, you know, I, I, if they don't have the cameras in the locker rooms, we don't even know about, uh, you know, Jordan Degoe getting on his phone. And I think Jeremy Howe did as well, if I'm not mistaken. We don't know about that unless somebody from their phone company looks up their records and figures out, hey, you know what, he was on the phone during the course of the game and and leaks that information. I don't think we find out about that unless unless that's the case. You know, so you know it was a good matchup. You know, I uh with the with the uh the pies and the eagles now it, this is not the the be all end all in terms of of ways to judge how well a team has played, but you know when you look at it from a super coach standpoint yeah, it's not necessarily a great barometer. You know, West Coast had nine players that scored over 100 points in Supercoach, and the Magpies only had two. So, you know, I don't know if that's if that's a really good ju- way to judge uh, how how we go. You know, how well a team has played. Now, the last game I would want to get to, get to was the la- the last game from the week, and that was the Cats in North Melbourne. And you know, I got to tip my cap to the to the Roos because they came out and they played hard. Didn't necessarily mean they put points on the board because they're still really struggling to uh, to put points on the board. But I'll I'll tell you what you know Jack Jack Zebel had a fantastic game. He had thirty eight disposals. You know Tom Stewart demonstrated again why he's an all Australian and probably will be again. He's an absolute machine back there. Uh, you know I just don't think that the, that the Roos right now have a lot of offensive weapons. You know so they they in a way remind me of the, of the Geelong women's club where they play, you know, they, they play solid defense. They're, they're getting back into the defensive 50 and they're, they're contesting the ball in the midfield and that sort of thing. But when it's time to take the ball forward, they just really struggle getting it forward and, and, and putting points on the scoreboard. It's just something that they, they have not done well this year as of this point. And, you know, and I have to wonder, you know, I, I was looking at the stats and I, you know the uh, the Brews had 120 more disposals than the Cats did, and they won that they won that the hitouts by 45 to 15 by a, a, a number of 45 to 15. So you know Tom Goldstein had a, had a fantastic game 
And I wonder, is Reese Stanley going to find himself playing in the twos pretty soon? Because, you know, he's not a dynamic ruck. He, he, he will have a great game here and there. But are they gonna are they gonna make a decision to go to somebody else here pretty soon? Are they gonna say, you know what, we think Asava Radigalia might be more effective, possibly, and uh, you know maybe be able to get out there and cover more ground as well. You know, certainly not saying that he is a that he is Max gone, but you know Radigalia does move around extremely well, and is able to get in part you know get involved in all facets of the game all over the ground. So. I don't know, maybe this week against uh, the Eagles, maybe we find uh, Nick Natanui facing a Salvarotaglia this week instead of Reese Stanley. Possibly. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that. It, and I've also seen reports that, uh, you know, I know that Patty Dangerfield had, had tweaked his ankle a little bit uh, during the game last week. And I've seen things that have said, well, he's going to be fine. He's going to play this week. But then I've also seen people say he's going to be out for a month. So I I don't know what's going on with the cats as far as that goes, but it's just uh, you know as a cat supporter, it kind of sucks <laughs> to be completely honest with you. So you know I uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. You know, so who knows if Dangerfield is going to be back out there? It does look like Jeremy Cameron is finally going to make his season debut, and I and I really wonder, and I and I've asked people about this. You know, Geelong had had spent the, the 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 training the training season, you know, the the preseason, if you will, gearing up to play with two with you know the back to back Coleman medalists up in the forward fifty. That's what they were planning on doing. You're going to have Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins up in the forward fifty to cause nightmares for defenders. And almost almost as the Cats are getting on the plane. To go play Adelaide in round one, Jeremy Cameron ends up getting pulled out of the game, and we don't see him now until round six. So, you know, I've wondered, and again, you know, they, they were missing Radaglia. You know, Josh Jenkins is an alternative to come in there, but, you know, he's he's played pretty well down at the VFL level and, you know, the practice match level there, but is he somebody who you can rely on coming in and, and uh, scoring consistently? And taking defenders away from Tom Hawkins. I don't know. I don't know. So my thinking was, were the Cats simply trying to tread water until they got everybody back in the lineup? Were they trying to say, we'll go ahead and stay here around 500? Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll stay three and two, three and three, four and three, that type of thing. And once everybody gets back, it's going to click. And we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and jump up into the, uh, you know, into the top, you know, top six or possibly the top four. I don't know if that's what the mindset was there. Uh, you know, they've played very slow footy so far this year. You know, love the cats. I'm a huge cat supporter, as you know, but they've been tough to watch a little bit this year because they've been, you know, it's been such a struggle. For them, I mean, they haven't they haven't had a whole lot of instances where they've just, you know, well, they really haven't blown people out at all yet. They've had a couple of very small, you know, you know, small margin victories. So we'll see what happens. So yeah, I did want to get into my tips for this week. Uh, so we'll go ahead and start with the uh, the first game of the weekend, and that's in, uh, back in Canberra, Canberra again at the Manuka Oval with GWS hosting the Bulldogs. I've got the Bulldogs winning this one by 10. 
you know, I, I was, I was very, you know, thrilled to see that, you know, GWS, you know, they, they played well against the the Swans. Looks like the Swans are going to be out, be without uh, Buddy Franklin for about a month uh, due to like a knee contusion. So, you know, the, the quest for a thousand goals gets put on hold for a little while there. Kind of sucks to see that. The Friday night game for me at 11.45. So I'll actually be able to stay up and watch this one, not have to take a nap in the middle of the day. So it'll get over at about 2 a.m. The Cats hosting the West Coast Eagles. Now, I know who I want to win. Okay, I know who I want to win. I think that a lot of it depends upon Patty Dangerfield playing. You know, the, the, the Eagles have a lot of injuries as well right now. They're at home. You know, I I think the Cats are going to win this. I think they're going to win this one by nine. I think it's going to be – it could go the other way if Patty Dangerfield doesn't play. Uh, it's just uh, – yeah, I just I really wonder when Geelong's going to catch a break, okay? Because they've kind of been the uh, the Murphy's Law Club this year. What can go wrong will go wrong. You know, knock on wood. You know, there haven't been any you know catastrophic injuries. So let's hope that that stays the stays that case. But it's just been uh, it's been it's been a grind to watch them this year. So you know, I. Uh, Want to move on to the next game for this week, then, uh, and that is Gold Coast hosting the Swans at Metricon. Now, I'm putting my hand up here. I'm the guy that a couple of weeks ago tipped the Swans to beat Richmond, and they did. I'm the guy that's tipping Gold Coast to beat Sydney this week. By eight, Sydney's going to be without Buddy Franklin. They're going to be without Tom Hickey, who who's going to be out for a few weeks. I don't think that the Suns have been able to sit down all week long after Stewart Dew chewed their butts at halftime this past week. So I think they're going to carry that forward. Now I'm probably going to blow this game completely here, but I think the Old Coast is going to be you know on their home ground in front of their home fans. I think Gold Coast squeaks by and wins this one. It's just a hunch that I have. Okay. Yeah. Nobody, please don't take my advice as gospel because, again, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. The next game here Carlton and Brisbane. And this one's at Marvel Stadium. So Brisbane's coming back to, uh, to Victoria again. I think they're hoping that they can get back home again right after the game. We'll see if that happens. I've got uh, Brisbane winning this one by two goals. I just think Brisbane is, their trajectory is heading upwards. And I think that the that the Blues trajectory is I don't want to say it's heading downwards, but it's kind of it's kind of fluctuating. It's kind of heading in a little bit of a downward direction. It's kind of like an easy ski slope instead of like one of those double black diamond ski slopes. Okay. It's not doing that. But they've got to get some things figured out. Okay. At the MCG, the game of the round. The game of the round here. The Melbourne Demons. And the Richmond Tigers, the defending premiers. Everybody sitting down. The D's are going six and zero. I've got the D's winning this one by seven points. It's going to be a close one, but I've got Melbourne winning this one by seven points. I just think I think Max Gone is a a difference maker 
in this situation against Toby Nankervis. I think that just I think that the uh, the D's with their midfield are gonna are gonna take this one. I know it's also uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, Dusty Martin's 250th game if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I think the D's take this one by seven points. Okay, and we head out to Optus Stadium. Fremantle hosting North Melbourne and the Ruse quest for their first victory goes on one more week because I've got Freo winning this one by 18 points. I think that it was a big confidence boost for them going on the road to Adelaide and knocking off the Crows who are still in the top eight. And I, uh, I, I think that they go ahead and continue their winning ways. I have them winning it by 18. No, I think it's, I think it could very well easily be closer than that. You know, because like I said, North Melbourne is playing. They're playing hard. They're they're playing a lot like the uh, the Crows did last year. Okay, there's a there's a lot of uh, to me a lot of comparisons there. Now, the big difference there is that the that the uh, the Ruse don't necessarily have the big offensive weapon that's going to be having a bounce back year for them. They don't have a key forward who's going to bounce back for them the way Tex Walker did because their key for their former key forward is playing with Melbourne now. Okay. So again, I've got the Dockers winning that by 18. We head down to Tasmania for Hawthorne's first trek to the Island uh, this year, hosting the Crows. And if Texas calf, if Tex Walker's calf is, still a little bit dinged up and it limits his ability to move and to push off and to, to jump and that sort of thing. Maybe he doesn't play this week. Okay. But nonetheless, Hawthorne on their alternative home ground, I've got the Hawks taking this one by six points. Okay. Adelaide comes back to the pack a little bit here. Again, this one could go either way, but I am tipping the Hawks by six on this one. Okay. And then we head back to the MCG for our last uh, game in Victoria for the weekend. We've got Collingwood host Collingwood and not necessarily hosting, but Collingwood playing Essendon at the uh, MCG. I believe this is uh, the Anzac game, and you know Collingwood will probably they will not have uh, Jordan Degoe back. Uh, they they won't have uh, young Mister Howe, but I, I think that they're going to get some things figured out. And I've got Collingwood winning this one by nine points. Okay, you know Collingwood gets some things figured out this week, gets themselves back on the uh, the winning ways. And the last game of the weekend, I've already given you this tip: Port Adelaide and St Kilda at the Adelaide Oval. And I've got Port Adelaide taking this one by fifteen points. I think that uh, I think that Port Adelaide is just you know one of the strongest clubs they might be the team to beat this year now you know one of the teams to beat i should say you know the bulldogs are not going anywhere yet the d's are not going anywhere yet port adelaide isn't either so i think that uh i think this could be you know a good matchup for port adelaide but like i said i think they're going to win this one by at least a couple of goals now ladies and gentlemen again i want to um you know, give a shout out to the Morfittville Park Ruse Women's Football Club. Uh, they're the club of the episode. You can find them on Instagram at instagram.com slash mpwfc slash. And you can check out their website and see what they've got going on with their club. Uh, looks like they're they're geared up to have a fantastic season. Uh, folks, we all love this game. This is a fantastic game that we're play that we're seeing played here. 
Uh, we love footy. We love our clubs. And, you know, while we may not like other clubs, we can at least respect, you know, the fact that, that other supporters support their clubs. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. And I will catch you next time. A little bit later this week, I will have an episode that's coming out, uh, an interview that I did with Merrily Meadows about two weeks ago. Really excited to bring that one out. I had a great conversation with her during her last day of quarantine in India before she uh, jumped back into uh, covering footy for the, or not footy, covering cricket for this year. I'm uh, looking forward to bringing that to you a little bit later on this week. I've got some editing to finish up on that. Now, before I go, ladies and gentlemen, I know that uh, this week is a very important week in not only Australia, but also in New Zealand. I know Anzac Day is coming up on the 25th of this month. Now, I will not necessarily have a an episode coming out on that day. So, folks, I wanted to, as an American, as a Yank, okay, I I wish for all of you that you find you know the peace and solace during this this time of reverence you know i hope that uh, anzac day will will fill you with the pride that you have as one of the two great nations that are celebrating this day and i want to close this episode this way for you ladies and gentlemen until next time ladies and gentlemen this is craig wessels from a yank on the footy they shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we shall remember them, lest we forget. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen.